0: And I and I liked you. Actually, said I think a little flippantly earlier, "Be the piece you want to see in the world." Um, or maybe you didn't say it, but if you didn't, you should have said it. It's on we, your
1: head, Brian. <laughs> we've said it
0: now. I okay, it. it was never said, but we've said it for. I, 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 you know, I so,
1: so when you and I start arguing, Brian goes inside his head and starts saying stuff like that.
2: Brian treats.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: welcome to episode 63 of pub theology live a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint a fine wine or whatever happens to be in the glass you can watch us live tuesdays 9 p.m eastern but stay tuned that may change at pubtheology.com and of course as always you can listen anytime on soundcloud itunes stitcher very soon google play music as well as the New Thought channel on your Roku or other streaming device. And tonight's episode, as usual, is brought to you by our official sponsors. First up, Casual Priest, the maker of flying wear
2: based out of Sweden. They have tailored, modern, confident, and stylish clergy tops for both men and women. Um, leave a message on our Casual Priest hotline. That's 980-PT-Live-0 or 980 980- You may play your message on the pod, or if you've just got a question or something you want us to discuss, that's how you can reach us. And if you leave a message, you'll be entered to win free clergy apparel from Casual Priest. So if you happen to know some clergy, you are clergy, you want to update your look and you want to do it possibly for free, call, leave us a message. You can also join a conversation on the social mediums, Twitter, Facebook, use the hashtag PTLive.
1: And Christmas is coming, so if you want to get a present for your minister, this is a good way to do it for free. There you go. And our wine sponsor is Wink Wine Club. Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. Get started at trywink.com slash ptlive for $20 off your first order, and then you can check out other savings on the website.
0: There it is. And tonight we discuss peace. What is it? What is peace? How is it achieved? Is it sort of an state? Is it an outer circumstance in the world? Is peace something God gives to us? Do we give this to each other? Or is peace something you can only give to yourself? We discuss. My name is Brian Burkoff. I am the pastor of Holland UCC in Holland, Michigan and author of the book Pub Theology, Beer, Conversation, and God. And tonight I am drinking what appears to be a New Holland Imperial Hatter. But I must confess it is more of the lovely uh Ever After IPA brewed by my friend. So we got some homebrew going again tonight. And welcome, as usual, Ogan and Tina. You like got a case of that stuff, don't you? I got a supply.
2: I'm <laughs> so, clearly not drinking it fast enough.
1: That's a really good friend. That's all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, Reverend right. Ogan Holler, Minister of Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts. And it appears fall has like officially arrived today. Cool breezes and leaves are starting to fall, and I'm not mentally or emotionally prepared for it, but I will survive. Uh, my book is called Rants to Revelations, and tonight I am drinking uh, my last the last summer themed beer in my fridge because fall officially starts on Thursday, so I, it's our last I guess our last summer ish show. Mm. Um, it is by Sam Adams. It is called The Tropic of Yuzu. Ooh. I don't look up what that was. Yuzu Yuzu is, I can't get mine to pop open like Brian's. I'm an amateur, <laughs> I'm an amateur at the sound effect right there. Um, yuzu is apparently some kind of fruit. So it's described as exotic and juicy. Beer, there you beer go. With, beer with fruit juice. All right. Interesting.
1: Right. that a try and I'm Tina Simmons uh, among other things I'm the author of xandrel being human is overrated um, as T Griffin and tonight I'm drinking a wine that my friend brought back from Greece she went to Greece on her honeymoon and she brought this back for me so if you don't recognize the language that's why um, it's a 2016 it's a little young but it's a wine <laughs>
0: It's a wine. I'll drink it. It's not old <laughs> enough to drink, but someone can drink it.
2: Wait, so <laughs> exactly. like what, what is? it is red, white? What kind of?
1: It's a, it's a red, but it's um it's a pretty light red. I don't know if you could see that, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have like the coloring. Mm-hmm.
2: So you don't know if it's a blend. This is infindel. It's a. Zinfandel, it's a yeah. I
1: cannot read.
0: You know that is the narration. challenge with us not being in the same room is we can't all like taste test each other's beverages. That would be fun. It's true. Yeah.
1: If we could ever coordinate all three of us being in the same place at the same time.
0: well, Or we just all get the same blasted beer. How about that?
1: Oh, we could do that sometime. Definitely.
2: Tell each other in advance what we're going to drink. We can (laughs) rotate every week each of us picks. This is what we're drinking tonight. I think that's a good
1: idea, actually.
2: I like it. Yeah. I'm
1: surprised that Ogan came up with it. And Brian, you could, I'm just kidding. Brian, you could ship ship us each some of that beer that you have a ton of.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And for the record, did Ogan come up with it? Let's roll back the tape. <laughs> <laughs> that, that That's thats
2: not cool. What's <laughs> my response to that?
0: Soundboard's not working. Soundboard. There we <laughs> Groans from the crowd. Groans We're
1: already messing with crowd. his
0: inner peace. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, y'all not
2: taking it? Not taking it tonight? By the way, this Yuzu beer. This is weird. It's, it's, it's. I mean, it tastes like a like a you know your usual Boston lager, but it's got this weird fruity aftertaste. And I like fruit in my beer, but this is interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know about a lager, though.
2: Maybe can I see it? the label
0: on that, Ogan? Can you? I can. I can hold that up, up. Yeah. The Tropic of Yuzu. Oh, boy. Yes. Ale brewed with spices
2: with yuzu juice added. and Yuzu's some kind of tropical fruit. Anyways, so...
0: There it is. All right.
2: I'm going to have to untap that.
0: You will. You will. So, it is um, the United Nations recognized International Day of Peace on Thursday of this week. So... We're kind of taking our cue from that and talking about peace tonight our opening question says in what setting or settings do you feel most at peace so this is a personal question for you oh
2: before oh ooh, before we jump into the question we got to say belated birthday greetings to tina like we we forgot about about tina tina happy birthday happy thank birthday
1: you. thank you okay, I'm I'm officially as old as Logan now.
0: (laughs) Wow, he's hard hard to keep up with. I hear.
1: Yeah, I'm always lagging behind, a few months behind.
2: That is that is true. But you know, uh, people who know me know that I probably still behave like I'm in my twenties. So I don't
0: know. That's a claim to fame you want to make connection Mm. with with? I think you guys are just ahead of me, but we won't we won't out ourselves here publicly.
1: Yeah, we we've done it before.
0: Okay. All right. Clearly, clearly, I remember. So, in what setting or settings do you feel most at peace? Hmm.
1: If you have to think about it, I'll go.
2: (laughs) Jump on in. By the way,
1: it's one of the reasons I live out here. I feel most at peace in nature: Um, hiking, kayaking, paddleboarding, anything. Outdoors, like, I just, I feel better when I'm in the woods. I like being in the rain.
2: Um, I think my peace is not location determined. Like, I'm at at peace when kind of all is going well in my life. If something is out of place, then it disturbs my inner peace. And then I'm not at peace no matter where I am. And then I remember that my inner peace is really, I mean, we can get into this later, but my inner peace is really um, my choice, that the things outside of me aren't really the ultimate influence of that. So, you know, I do the, I do the switch around. Um, but yeah, but it's not, I mean, I've been in nature, I've been everywhere, and I'm either peaceful or I'm not based on where I, how I feel.
1: Do you, do you think that has to do, like, different personalities um, react differently, and we can get more into more into this later, but um, because you're a pretty sensory person, so I would think that if if there's disarray around you, in the you know in the world that you, that you it would affect you greatly. Whereas I'm not super sensory, so like I can disconnect and go out in the woods and forget that everybody else exists. I,
2: I, <laughs> you know, what? interestingly enough, I have a, an amazing high tolerance for chaos around me. Like I mean, literally, like mess in the house or Things being chaotic around me, Um, it's it's very it it truly is. It truly is. If for some reason something has happened that causes me mental and emotional stress, then I am not at peace. And you know, sometimes those things are fairly straightforward. Like a lot of times when I you know read our president's tweets, um, that that disturbs my emotional and mental state. (laughs) Um,
0: well you're, you're not alone there right
2: exactly i'm not, i'm not um but you know then i calm down um but then so so yeah it's 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 really it's really weird but like i said i could be out in nature in a very peaceful environment and if i happen to walk into that environment with something stressful or worrisome on my mind it's got. It's an effort to to put that out of my mind or put it on the back burner to enjoy my peaceful surroundings. Um,
1: it doesn't help you come to terms with whatever's going on.
2: Um, no, that's that's an internal that's an internal choice. Mm-hmm. And 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 I should amend that. I should amend that um, because yes, there are times when a change of environment will help remind me. That maybe what I'm freaking out about in the moment, you know, is small potatoes compared to the big picture of everything. So sometimes a change of scenery or will will put help me put things in perspective. Yes, um, but I, I got to remember that, like I got to jog my mind and, and do the mental internal work. So truly, I am at peace when I remember to choose to be at peace.
0: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think I'm along those lines. Uh, if I've if I've taken the time to center myself, to um, feel connected within and connected to God, uh, that is a big. That's kind of the barometer often um, for me. And so then, if there is chaos, I can navigate that from a peaceful standpoint. If I've done the work to put myself in that place of peace. Um, Yeah, but I, you know, I don't know. It's interesting what you noted, Tina, about uh, sensory uh, sensitivity. And I think uh, I I can be disturbed by chaos. And if things, if outer things are peaceful, it's a lot easier for me to be peaceful. But that's why I think I need to do the work is because I have four kids and, chaotic life uh if i let it be right and so how do i maintain calm amidst whatever comes uh and i think for me my my spiritual practice uh prayer meditation and so forth really helps me find that place of peace that said uh, optimal place out in nature um the beach or somewhere quiet out in nature is is really helps me <laughs> find that peaceful spot
1: do do you guys find though that um if you if you manage to get to that even when stuff is going on if you manage to to get to that peaceful place and come from a place of peace that you tend to calm everything around you?
2: Sure, you're an, you're an influencer. It you, does help. You bring the energy. You you create an energy shift. Um and but that's only as much as other people are receptive to it. Like like, you know, some people in that state of chaos and stress no matter what's going on or who you are they're going to stay there so if they're open to a common presence walking into the room and they're open to wanting to shift then yeah that can happen absolutely
0: Um, and what you're not doing is adding to the chaos you know maybe you can influence them but you're not you're not um ratcheting up the tension by you maintaining your calm and so as you said the potential for people to receive that is what you can offer
2: and that's the whole basis behind heart math y'all y'all familiar with heart math heard of it Yeah. yeah
0: does this have to do with like my cholesterol no, not at all. that's a different heart math.
1: It might be, but might be related though.
0: <laughs> it might be.
2: No, but it, but it's the whole idea that that you know our heart is in the, it's it's basically also an electrical organ. It's a muscle, but it's an electrical organ, right. and therefore it has a it has a magnetic field, as all electrical things do, and yeah. you know when you intentionally allow your heart and your heart rate to be managed in a peaceful place, that electric field um responds as such and it influences the electric fields of other hearts around you um so it's that it's so that idea of walking into the room as a calm presence and influencing other people and bringing their calm level bringing their sense down to a calmer level as well is Hmm. is now this is what heart math has proven
0: scientifically i will say that electric hearts sounds like an 80s band (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, and it, another part of that, Brian, is that um, they're going back. Part of their theory is they're going back to ancient times that the heart is actually the center of us, not the brain. Um, mm. And that the heart and the brain really work in conjunction with each other because the heart actually starts firing before the brain does. You know, before the brain reacts to anything, the heart reacts. Um, and and there's like Ogan was saying, there's signals that like we can feel heart to heart before we ever think of anything and
0: what are we talking about here like heart to heart right like
1: like our not, vibrations it's not,
0: it's not my physical like you know the the oh, thing no. that's it, pumping my blood no no we're talking about that organ yes mm-hmm. that, that physical organ. yeah
1: that's, that's what's creating the vibrations
0: i think you're talking about a symbolic heart like the yeah, symbolic like, center of me that somehow right. somewhere south of my brain Hey, but so, I think so, we
1: just stepped outside of Brian's comfort zone and he's yeah, trying to I, rationalize I, I don't know what <laughs> universe it's
0: about we're about
2: in. Zone. It's, about, it's about knowledge zone because if read, look up heart math when we're done at some point during the week and read up about the science behind heart math. Um, I will. I will. We have a conversation about it. But on the symbolic level, is true as well. And honestly, I don't know that it's good often that my heart symbolically responds before my brain. Do you guys read the the comic strip, The Awkward Yeti?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, so there's always this back and forth between you know the body's organs, but my favorites are the hearts and the brains. And you know the heart the heart is just in this whimsical like chasing butterflies kind of place, and the brain is like, uh, "We nice. got stuff to do today." <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> nice. You know. So sometimes, and and I and I say this to people a lot of times, uh, you know, in counseling, I'm like, sometimes you have to let your facts inform your feelings sometimes your your heart or your feelings or your emotions hijack you and send you into a place of fear worry chaos etc um when really it's it's make believe it's it's you're imagining the worst and wanting as such but when you look at the evidence sometimes the evidence more often than not the evidence in your life may support another story you know, so I, you know, when when Trump uh, to, to use as an example, because this kind of really happened when Trump with a friend of mine, uh, when Trump uh, talked about, you know, the whole DACA thing a couple of weeks ago and um, and, and a friend of mine said was like just in all upset and an uproar and was like, you know, like legitimately freaking out about things. And I said, well. I understand where you're coming from, but let's look at the evidence in terms of all the crazy stuff he said that has actually come to pass. Like, you know, he talked about getting rid of Obamacare, affordable care act, that hasn't happened yet. He's talked about the wall, wall hasn't happened yet. You know, so he, so he says these outlandish things, but the facts are these outlandish things have yet to come to pass. So you know, I'm not saying we don't pay attention. Not saying we don't respond. Not saying we don't, you know, be in an action and be a voice for what what we want. But maybe we don't need to quite panic yet because none of these things are actually happening according to his crazy plan. So the facts can inform the feelings and bring us down a notch sometimes. So I think the brain and the heart need to work in tandem with each other.
1: Yeah
0: yeah I think I could get into heart math. I just didn't know there would be long division. You aren't, dude
1: It's all about addition and multiplication.
0: Ah <laughs> uh, exactly don't don't think yeah there's that's no right. division in the heart. That,
1: that's right.
0: That, that deserved another boo that was, that was what I'm working I'm working you're giving us like serious stuff and I'm like bringing the the levity, which is a so, form of heart math actually. Oh. It's a higher level. I know you're not quite there but oh wow oh
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: wow wow you really spicy
1: tonight what ooh. happened
0: to being at peace my friend
2: what do you oh mean? man
0: well Brian's herbs which leads us to our second uh topic or quote which says competition is a great disturber of inner peace <laughs> are you competitive and can and does do you resonate with that? Does your competitive nature disrupt your internal peace? And uh can if so, can competition be a good thing? Like does it still have a legitimate place?
2: I'm 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 not competitive.
0: No, not.
1: At all in any aspect?
2: No. Occasionally I might get envious, but I'm not competitive.
1: Yeah, I don't see you being very really competitive.
2: No. Too much too much work. I don't want <laughs> to work. I don't want to
1: be competitive. What about,
0: what about competitive and being like uh <clears throat> you know stylish? You know, nah, oh easy. good point. That's just vanity. This is looking vanity. good. It's not competition. I'm not trying to love com- the than- there is no competition, he says. So <laughs> no,
2: I'm not that that deserve that deserve. wait, rimshot. There we go. <laughs> No, I'm not trying to look better than anyone else. I'm <laughs> trying to look good. So that's vanity versus competition.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. That, that's that's well said. All right. What about I, you, Tina?
1: I, I think I have to agree with Ogan. I don't think I'm a super competitive person, but I did have a boss tell me once that I'm competitive with myself. Like I continually wow. try to raise my own bar.
2: I like that. I like that. I, I can I can go with that. Sally and
1: considering. Sally,
2: I don't want to work that hard.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> considering I live in my own little world, it's really hard to be comparative. Compa- competitive. <laughs>
2: uh, my, my, self, my, my self-improvement is also on a very like mellow, mellow track. Um current currently. Currently. It it changes. But you know, that's not entirely true. It's 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 very that's a very type 9 quality if you're into the Enneagram. So there's this physics principle, you know, uh, body in motion stays in motion, a body at rest stays at rest type, type nines exemplify that. So for us type nines, if we are on the couch, like we not, you're not getting us off the couch in a hurry for anything. But when we find that one thing that truly motivates us, then like get out of our way. We are, we are like gangbusters mm-hmm. getting up there. It's like, you don't know who we are. All of a sudden, we become masters of productivity and efficiency, and it shocks the world. But it's got to be the thing. And for yeah. us, that's a hard thing. You have <laughs> to find thing. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Interesting.
1: Are, are you competitive, Ryan?
0: I am competitive. With Frisbee. I I, uh, well, sure, with, with disc golf. <laughs> Although with disc golf, because I'm not that great, I try to compete with myself. But, you know, I'm in a league with about 100 guys and and I'd like to be in the upper half, you know, and I'm like right close to that. I'm right in the middle. I'd like to, you know, but mostly that's because I'd like my game to improve. But, yeah, a little bit of me is competitive about that. But if we were to play any board games, for example, you would lose or I would want you to lose. Oh,
1: dear. Oh, see, I OK, OK. I definitely struggle in that arena because I... Yeah. Um, so Scrabble's my big board game. Yeah. And all I ever wanted was to beat my mom because we been playing <laughs> her. Yes. Well, the day I beat my mom, I crushed her. But that yeah. but that also meant I crushed my 10-year-old son. And he would never play with me again after that. And I felt really bad.
2: And you lost the ability. He saw the monster. He saw the monster. So
1: I felt, yeah, yeah. Because my kids don't see me that way. And I felt really horrible after that. And I'm... I try not to be, I guess I am naturally competitive and I try really hard not to be.
0: See that my word game that was like that for me was Boggle. Ooh. And I was so competitive at that, that like no one would play me unless everyone <laughs> got to combine their scores against me. <laughs> nice. I'm just saying.
2: Nice. 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 No, I, so know. If, so I know. if you play
0: word streak with friends, look me up. Um, I'll, be, I'll beat you.
1: Word okay. streak. What is that?
0: It's like Boggle on your phone.
1: Okay.
0: It's like Words with Friends, but it's two minutes speed round. Get as many words as you can in two minutes kind of thing.
1: Okay. I'm not big on speed. that it, it stresses me out. Um, explain to me what disc golf is.
0: It is. It is just like the sport of ball golf, except that instead of a club with a ball, you have a disc and you have a tee pad that you're throwing from, just like where you would tee off. With your club and ball, but instead you're throwing a disc, and there is somewhere down the course, you know, a few hundred feet, is a metal basket that captures the disc. So you're trying to throw it in the basket in the fewest number of throws or strokes.
1: Interesting.
2: It's it's glorified frisbee. That's all it is.
0: No, it's it's, frisbee with a goal,
1: with a point. It's a real sport.
0: (laughs) It's a real sport. And it's growing. So look out. They call a lot of things
2: sports. Technically, chess is a sport, but...
0: I'm You're killing thinking. me here. <laughs> <They topic>. <laughs> call it what it is. <laughs> wow. I, I, I beg to differ, but, you know, there is a disc involved that resembles a frisbee, but they're actually not called frisbees. They're called discs. Okay.
1: That's, that's,
0: when you start
2: throwing in the fancy names, that's how you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you you would actually be appalled if you saw how many different styles and brands oh, there's.
2: I've played it. I know. I know there's, you know.
0: there's distance drivers, fairway drivers, approach discs, putters, it's the whole nine yards. It's crazy. So, all right. So now I want to get into, well, there's a couple of options here. But what I want us to get to is does peace come from the outside or from the inside? Or is peace is peace something you can give another person? Is peace something God can give us? Or as Ralph Waldo Emerson said, "Nothing or nobody can bring you peace but yourself." Where do you where do you go on that?
2: It's an inside job, I think. Um, I, I agree with I agree with Ralph. It's, you go with Ralph. We we in all things, I believe we live life from the inside out. If we want to see it outside of ourselves, we first got to see it inside of ourselves. So it's an inside job.
1: But we could also get into the nature and nurture thing there, too. Like, are you just, are certain people just born with peace and, and born, you know, more optimistic, happy, whatever, and other people not? I mean, is it something that you can change over your lifetime? Drastic, you know, like that's huge.
2: I I agree that some people are (laughs) predisposed to certain moods. Absolutely. But we have choice. We're, We always have a choice for some of us, the choice may be harder for some, it might be easier, but we always have a choice. So I don't, I only, I only give the nature nurture argument certain amount of, uh, uh, in terms of how a person shows up in the world.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I'm just thinking like, if you're constantly surrounded by negativity when you're younger and that's all, you know, I think it's, it's, you have to actively work to change your habits and become a peaceful person, become a, like if you're surrounded by chaos constantly, it is really hard or the opposite. Like you find that inner peace because you don't wanna be like everybody around you.
2: Sure. Oh, I agree. I I, I agree with you, but it's not a, it's not a done deal. I don't, I don't, um, I think we're making the same point. Yes, you, you, your surroundings, your outside is an influence, but it's not the determinant.
0: It's not the it's not the final arbiter of of. Yeah, peace. So, do you not think that God can give someone peace? I don't think
2: God gives anything. You know, you know, you know where I am with this whole thing—God giving and God
0: taking. Killing taken. me, You're killing me.
2: But I'm just saying because when you say God gives, you imply God can take away, um, and and therefore I. I I I believe instead of saying God gives peace that that God's presence is peace and God's presence is the essence of who we are so therefore at our core we are peace in potential and we have to remember to choose and live from that place
1: So but, God doesn't actively give or take but it's always there for us to be a part of
2: Yes well said well said that deserves
0: yeah effect. that 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 is well said so so god, so god so you said god is peace and it's up to us whether we are sort of tuning into that peace that's always there yes okay yeah um, what about like uh, i think apostle paul said um, the peace which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Um, I feel like there's a number of biblical references that God actually gives you peace. I'm not thinking of one offhand, but that was my attempt. Good.
2: That that was a that was a valiant attempt.
1: Again, though, <laughs> again, it's not like God's divvying out shares of peace to people. It's as if there's this big collection of peace that you're welcome to if you want it. Right. It's not that God's being like, okay, Brian, you get one day of peace. Ogan, you can have one year of peace. It's, it's there if you want it.
2: And, and, and yes, agreed. And to your point, Brian, what my response would be, you know, you're, if you're quoting Paul and quoting the Bible again, when the Bible, those passages were written, what was man's understanding of God at that time other than, you know, this, you know, a a theistic concept, this external being that, that, that made things happen that gave and took away that punished or rewarded. So the concept would be the understanding, the context would be, yes, God gives us peace, but, but they also saw God as this being of war and vengeance. And as well, you know, God was smiting this person and smiting these people and all that kind of stuff. So, so God was both.
0: Yeah. So Psalm 29, uh, 11 says the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Who are God's people. In that context, uh, I would say uh, the readers of Psalm 29, ancient Israel. Exactly. So what the rest of us are SOL. (laughs)
2: So again, again,
0: uh, no, I don't I don't think that, but I think the idea is that God can bless people and give people peace,
2: so in a sense we're it's we're arguing semantics here. We're arguing semantics because I think I think we're trying to communicate the same idea, but just a matter of how we understand God. so so again, if you wanna if you want to stick with the phrase "God given peace," what you're basically saying is God is the holder of the peace as tina was alluding to god has the peace and god's gonna give me some of the peace
1: but he's uh, not rationing it
2: or <laughs> right. uh, right. you know as opposed the as opposed to the context i'm given which god is the peace God's not giving me the peace god is the peace it's the difference between saying God knows. God is the peace. God, but
0: but you God can see God. where people would say sure. because God is peace that God gives or provides peace. That language mm-hmm. still makes sense.
1: Understandable. Yeah. But if, if we equate this to ice cream, it's the difference between, go. it's the difference between God handing you a scoop of ice cream or God being the ice cream and you can have as much as you want.
2: Boom, bam. Mm-hmm. Between God giving you the ice cream or you sitting in the vat. <laughs> totally enveloped by ice cream <laughs> <sighs> between god giving you between you getting ice cream on a cone and you basically being one with the ice cream you are you are the ice cream that's that i know when i eat
1: ice cream i am one with the ice cream, You're <laughs> one with
2: the ice cream. <laughs> yes but that's that's kind of the good and again again ultimately you know all these all these Sentences, semantics, phraseologies, metaphors—they're they, gonna break down at some point in time. But for me, the difference is—the difference is important enough to stress between that idea of God, God as arbiter of what I get and don't get, as opposed to a presence being fully inside me and potential and. I don't have to worry about if I am going to get it, how much I'm going to get, whether I deserve to get it or not. It's 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 there. It's at core who I am. I just have to remember that and consciously choose to live from that place. And, And for me, that's that's a huge that's a huge difference. That is the difference. And the reason why, you know, here's where I am theologically in my life now, as opposed to where I was when I was in a more traditional evangelical bent of Christianity
1: all right so um,
2: sticking with it Go ahead.
0: so what about what about uh, Ellie Wiesel who said humankind must remember that peace is not God's gift to his creatures peace is our gift to each other yes so like can that. we can we give peace to each other
2: well yeah. we we give it as much as we are it. So when we are peace and we are living from peace and living as peace, when we're doing that, uh, you know, as Tina said earlier, when we walk into a room where there's like maybe chaos and stress, when we are that presence of peace, uh, and you said this, Brian, sorry, we're not adding to it. We're not adding. We're not. We're bringing peace in as much as we bring ourselves into it. So again, not something tangible we give each other, not something we transmit in that way, but the idea that our presence lends itself to being like the the eye of the storm, the calm of the storm and others can maybe pick up on that and go, oh, look, we all freaking out about this thing. And here he walks in being peaceful. Why are you so peaceful? Well, here's why I'm peaceful, because ultimately this thing that we're all freaking out about really kind of doesn't matter. Oh, he's right. Oh, huh, look, I'm at peace, too. Yeah. That makes sense?
1: Yeah, you can't demand peace from other people. Oh, no. it's like it's like the whole Mother Teresa. Don't invite me to a anti-war rally. Invite me to a pro-peace rally. It's it's about that state the stance that I don't know.
2: I don't know. I think anti-war
0: rallies have their place too.
1: No, well, well you, yeah. you're not and Mother so- Teresa.
0: <laughs> Ain't that and so that. So that that makes me think of this quote uh, I heard last night at a local peace presentation, which was a quote from, I believe it was Pope uh, Paul VI, who said, if you hope for peace, work for justice. If you hope for peace, work for justice.
1: I see that. And I get that. However, I don't think putting more anger and fear out there is going to get us the desired outcome. I think it's just creating more anger and fear
0: angry sure but do you think um speaking up on behalf of people who are facing injustice is adding more anger or is that adding a needed voice of change or justice so
2: I, it's the difference between and I, and I actually spoke about this a few weeks ago it's the difference between being outraged and enraged Outraged means that you realize there's injustice that you will be a stand and a voice for justice But you can do that peacefully. You can you can do that peacefully when you highlight where the marginalism and the discrimination is happening. When you become enraged and you become angry and act from anger, even if it's for a good cause, even when you act from anger, that's when the violence comes out. So that's the difference between like you know here in St. Louis right now, the difference between the people who are peacefully protesting that you know the the cop that just got off um, from the 2011 shooting. The difference between those who are peacefully protesting and those who are you know breaking into stores and looting and committing acts of vandalism that there's no place for that that's not helping the situation the peaceful protests are you know thousands of people marching in the street saying there's an injustice and calling attention to it I agree with that for me that's outrage
0: but what about what about Martin Luther King jr. who said that a riot is the language of the unheard like sometimes you can have all the peaceful pro- all the peaceful marches you want and nobody's paying attention but when things escalate suddenly people are paying attention
2: was he ever in a riot that we know of?
0: I don't know that he was endorsing that but I think he was just stating a reality like when, right. when injustice like when people
1: keeps... get so frustrated that yes
0: they're... when yeah exactly when injustice keeps pressing down on people that there is going to be a bubbling up that's not always peaceful sure. or the optimal response right i mean it's, it's yeah. sometimes i feel like it's a bit much to ask people for the most proper response ever when they've been shoved down and on the wrong end of power and, and justice their entire lives
2: so so yeah that explains it i i don't ing- i i don't agree with the people out uh breaking into stores and looting and committing acts of vandalism i don't agree with that i understand it i understand yeah. You know their their anger and they have a right to be angry i mean that's that but for me the difference is outrage is like is like anger without the violence without without the acting out in that way because i think i think when 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 folks act out in anger in that way it just supports the narrative this is why they've been treated this way so but i don't believe that there's ever been peaceful protests that have gone unnoticed and that really haven't been the catalyst to spark change i mean it's you know. just
1: slower it's so much slower when you do it more peacefully i'm not which you know i completely advocate um but i just think when when you have the the violent outrage not outrage and rage and rage like you said, you know, it just justifies other people saying, "Oh, see, this is why I feel the way I feel." And it it polarizes people even more sometimes. But I I mean, I'm not saying I have an answer. That you know, we're in a lot of sticky situations right now and there is no clear answer other than it's going to take a long time to weed out generations of hate and ignorance.
2: Well, there there is an answer and the answer is like uh, you know, so this in Louis situation you know was was very frustrating because you know we the the whole argument was if 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 you know police wear body cams and we have recordings of these things there will be justice so here we have a police officer excuse me he's chasing after you know he's in in a high-speed car chase and this is in no way like condoning the guilt of the person who, who was shot. Like, this was a drug dealer, This was a, there was a crime involved. However, you know, they're in his car chase and the police is recorded at saying I'm gonna kill this guy when we catch him. Like, he says this, it's recorded, they catch up to him and within seconds of or one or two minutes of catching up with him, the cop kills him, you know whether the gun was there or the gun was planted you know that's who knows but the point was he shoots the guy now if you're saying he's going to kill somebody and then it's you go kill him you know how can you say this is not premeditated the judge argument was in the heat of the moment we say things and he was just got all caught up in the moment i'm like no you are you're trained law enforcement officer you are not this is not what your training has taught you to do you know, this, yeah. this is an untrained person. Sure. And yes, he's human. Yes, I get that. But the, uh, uh, the frustration is why? how is there no consequence for someone who says, I'm going to kill this guy when I catch him. And they don't. Yes. Especially given that it's St. Louis where You know there's it has been documented and proven that there is systemic discrimination
0: yes so can there be peace without justice right so uh if if let's say the system remains broken and um white officers in power continue to act with impunity toward people of color like if that doesn't change is there any possibility of peace you can't just I think you can't just ask people we'll just find that inner place where you can really find peace if outwardly their lives are under threat
1: No there you're right there has to be justice.
2: I agree with you there
0: has to be justice but
2: but the but where the inner peace comes in is the inner peace will say to those folks who are the who are the target of the injustice who suffered on in the injustice, we will find a way to to get justice without reacting in the same way the just the injustice was wrought upon us. Yeah, this is Martin Luther King's true. thing, you know. This is why he trained. This is why they trained people to do the sit-ins, you know, and to say we're not going to react violently to the violence that's being acted upon us. That's not going to help. But but there was no giving in. There was no there was no acceptance of we're going to keep on with this injustice.
1: Well, and I also think if if you, especially as a collective group, if you find your inner peace, you can sit down and work together as a united force better. And you're always better when you're a united force. You can always do so much more.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I don't disagree. I just think, man, that, that takes some almost supernatural uh, ability to respond <laughs> to respond yeah. at that level of of peace and non non-violent reaction
2: sure. once um, said, said it was easy
0: <laughs> yeah and i so i think yeah there's got to be a really for many folks a deep spiritual uh basis or center to allow them to to do that um uh,
2: but and that's why that's why I think when you look at some of the avatars in our recent history that have really overcome systemic injustice, they've usually been ministers or spiritual leaders. You know, we, we talk about Martin Luther King, who's a reverend. Uh, Gandhi, or uh, lawyers. Uh,
1: Gandhi was a lawyer. <laughs>
2: okay, he was a lawyer before he became a spiritual aesthetic. Okay, so he, he wasn't a. He wasn't doing this from a law perspective.
1: But that goes that goes for Brian's uh, perspective of justice too, though.
2: Yes. But 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 he again with Gandhi, it wasn't a violent response. It was a we are gonna bring about change and justice through mm-hmm. peaceful measures. You know. Yeah. Look at the, the, the the Dalai Lama. You look at you look at these avatars who really shifted it, most of them have been spiritual leaders as well.
0: Yeah, you're right. And and I would say, you know, a a biblical story that's an inspiration, was and continues to be an inspiration for many uh, in the civil rights movement and for uh, African American uh, people of faith is the story of the exodus from Egypt. uh, And so many um, see God bringing this people who's enslaved and subjugated and oppressed into freedom as this inspiring Story that they resonate with for their own day that God is continuing to bring people out of Slavery into freedom and that slavery may look different over different epochs of history. That's
2: that's a bad example but That's a bad example. There was violence. Hello the plagues. Well hey, listen, I'm you're
0: you're jumping ahead of me Maybe it's a bad example, but you but if you look through african-american sermons of the civil rights era The resonance to the Exodus and to Moses, it just, it fills the imagination and inspired many to act, but you're exactly right. And that's where I was going to go is that, you know, the Exodus specifically says, in particular, when they're crossing the Red Sea, that the Lord clogged the wheels of the Egyptians. The Lord threw them into confusion, tossed the Egyptian army into the sea so that not one of them survived. So God obliterates the enemy and is that peace so if, it's if okay one for- side is alive and one side is dead it, it's maybe it's peaceful for one side but is that true peace
1: it's okay for god to be violent not us
0: ah, that's another question
2: i think the egyptians just showed up at high tide that's all it's good
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's i
1: mean that's a good point too uh, and this is probably a little more towards Ogan's beliefs than yours Brian, but is there a way for us to manifest things without being violent? I mean, is there a way for us, you know, not that God is going to smite our enemies, but you know is, I don't know, is there a way for us to energetically write things that are wrong?
0: Yeah. What do you mean by manifest things? That's not language I'm familiar with.
1: Like, like <laughs> instead of,
0: You're trying to you sell would a see a it minivan. as prey. You better,
2: you better get familiar with it. You're trying
0: to sell a minivan. <laughs> Wow, I, I just don't know what that means. Just <laughs> explain it. I, so like you you're, manif- you're manifesting a sign of a mental illness. You know, I, that's how I understand manifest.
1: So, but but it, you can do the complete opposite too. You could manifest a healthier life. You can manifest a better life. It's like your thoughts create your environment.
0: Mm. I just sold my van to the highest bidder. I manifested it. Good job. <laughs> i'm sorry I, I i'm making light
2: um no so the premise so the premise is is the idea that so we're all we're all interconnected on some level okay we're all interconnected and the idea that um our thoughts are our, our thoughts influence our behavior but our thoughts also influence things outside of ourselves it's like the whole idea behind the secret you you're of the secret Right, right. Did you
0: see that? I, uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm not in the inner circle to be know what the secret is, but I'm aware of it.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Um, so, uh, so the the closest the closest parallel I could draw is prosperity gospel. That whole I- idea of you know you, uh, their biblical teachings that support this idea that God wants you to be rich. So if you pray and you you know, follow certain religious practices, you know, God will manifest riches. Is it in. kind of like the name, yeah, it, claim, the name
0: it, claim it sort of uh, approach? Kind yeah. of.
1: I, I don't like oh. the fact that you're equating it to money. Uh, though. I feel like everything I, goes back to monetary. Like, like I'm thinking more of like, so. I, I'm
2: giving him a starting point of understanding. I'm not equating.
0: But you, but, I think what you're saying is that you bring into the, you help bring into the world.
1: A dynamic. Things that, that, a
0: right. dynamic and the intentions you have help lead to that result. Yes.
1: So if you're, you're, and this is what I'm talking about, like, you know, there's two sides to whatever argument, there's got to be two sides. But if you stop participating in the argument, sometimes it goes away. Like, um, if you stop being angry and hating that, that other person that hates you, like, you're being angry and taking them back. And I, I realize we're talking more on a social level or a societal level instead of just a one-on-one level. So it's not like everybody all of a sudden is going to stop hating each other. But if you make that right. attempt to, to, you know, just change but if your enough behavior, people,
0: yeah, If enough people yeah. change their inner disposition, it can't help but have a broader societal effect. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: That's I exactly think what I was trying to, to say, it. Brian. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, I, so I, I, think I, I think I agree with that to an extent. You know, I, I don't, I don't think I have the ability to, really alter outside circumstances to any drastic degree, but I think incrementally and in small ways, uh, my inner disposition can, change things out in the world because it changes how I, choose to, be in the world and exist in the world, and that impacts how others, respond to me. And so the more I'm negative around people, the more I bring in more negativity, the more I'm open hearted and positive and embracing of life and of people, the more that's going to reciprocate.
1: Yeah. I like attracts like, Mm
0: -hmm. or another
2: way. uh, Another, another context is prayer doesn't change things. Prayer changes me. Yeah. I changed then when I shift the world, I respond differently. I like that too. I like that. Changed by the nature of me responding to them uh, differently. But to get back to your God and your God, to get back to God, and Moses, <laughs> yeah. <to> sleep there <laughs> mm-hmm. and the Egyptian army and all that, <laughs> again, again, anytime you're quoting the Bible, you have, for me, you always have to bring in the context. And the you have to
0: qualify it.
2: Qualify it. So the context is a group of people who saw God as acted in their favor if they did the right things, and then also acting not in their favor, if they turned their back on God and did sinful things, so so this whole idea of of to Tina's point, God, it's okay if God is violent. Yes, it is in that context. God, what, I mean, God. There's that passage. Is it with Joshua? I think when they reached the promised land and they oh, have. Yeah slaughter all these people and it's starting to get dark so apparently was it joshua or or, or abraham i moses's
0: hands were in the air
2: right kept up i think
0: aaron and joshua helped hold moses's exactly. arms in the air. as long as
2: his arms were up the sun would stop setting so they'd have light to go slaughter some more people and then his arms were getting tired and people had to come hold his hands up because we needed more daylight to slaughter people and god gave us this great victory so again these were these were bronze age hallelujah people who saw their God as, you know, the one who brought them victory. So the whole commandments about thou shall not kill was again, only pertaining to them and their tribe and each other. The outside okay.
1: side,
2: you belong to foreign nation. Oh yeah, you can die, that's not a problem.
1: So here's your first example of people twisting God to fit your own purposes and create genocide on a complete different tribe.
0: Yeah, I mean I think it's not surprising, right? And so even though uh I may not have the same understanding of God as the two of you, I agree that when we look at scriptures like we've referenced here in Exodus which portray God as acting violently toward human beings, I think yes, I ha- you know, that's a quandary uh and I I think yeah, we have to say this is what people were perceiving from their Culture and their surrounding, and this is how they saw the world. And they were seeing, you know, through a glass darkly. They just didn't it have
2: the level of. It was the level of consciousness that they had evolved. Yeah, to. exactly, exactly. So that's why we can't. That's why, for me, you can't read the Bible and try to approach it the way it was written because it was written at a certain level of consciousness. Our consciousness is not the same as the folks who wrote the Bible. So we've got to look at it differently
0: right and so i think you're um, right that looking at it in the context is important and i think there's still things still a lot of wisdom sure. and, and wonderful things that we can learn perennial i yes. still
1: think there's a lot of people with the consciousness that is you know expressed in the bible too <laughs> I'm just no, saying. Oh, no. i don't know oh, exactly right.
0: <laughs> i don't mean you're exactly right i don't mean
2: consciousness in terms of like you know uh 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 well, how are you using that word? Let me ask you that.
1: Um like how uh, how can I say this without sounding like a terrible bitch?
2: Oh, oh, try anyways.
1: <laughs> um their mental and emotional progression evolution is not
0: Well, and also their they're, they're yeah, just no they're, their their That's approach so to the scripture, right? Some people well, approach the scripture and they see it as the literal word of God, and so they don't have um, the ability to see it in the wider context or see it as something more nuanced. Is that consciousness? Like, yeah, I guess.
2: Well, well, that's that's about that's making a not to not to use the same word, but that's making a I think a conscious choice to not step out of it oh,
1: again you cannot say that not
2: can I say that? you
1: you can say it but it, it's not fair you <laughs> just did it's not fair Wait, because
2: what did know. he say so people who are choosing to interpret the Bible literally are making a conscious choice to do so and not step outside that circle I don't I don't a conscious choice I don't, think, choice. No, I don't yeah. think it's
1: conscious
0: why either why not
1: because it, uh, generation after generation, that they have surrounded themselves in complete isolated communities of people that believe this way. And, and anybody outside of that community is wrong. And when you're taught that, that's almost a form of abuse. When you are taught that anybody that doesn't believe the way you are is wrong, you, you do everything in your power to, to you know, stay away from that. Because you're going to go to hell if you talk to somebody that believes something differently.
2: Yeah, again, making a conscious choice. Listen, Logan,
1: listen, it no, it's, it's a, a subconscious.
0: Hey,
2: that, hey. It's not
1: a choice.
0: Listen, is
2: this is 2017. It's the age of the internet. There's
1: nobody. No, cannot say that. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't okay. matter.
2: All right. Okay.
0: It the does. internet's mostly wrong, <laughs> according to some folks.
1: I, <laughs> no, I've been thinking about it because we, we got in this discussion a while back, and and you said, you said, why would somebody still use a saw when a chainsaw exists? And they would use it if they saw that the chainsaw was scary or the chainsaw was an unfair advantage to nature. Or, you know, like I think about this stuff afterwards, just too.
2: Yeah. Okay. But again, I think you're just proving my point. I'm not, I'm, so to to use that same analogy, why would someone use a saw when there's a chainsaw? So the chainsaw scares them. It's not what they're used to. They think it's, so they make it, let me finish. You ready to interrupt? <laughs> Make a conscious choice to stick with the saw. That's all. Because
1: they've been taught the saw is satanic. That's they've fine. been taught the, the chainsaw. Yeah,
2: I am not argue,
1: I'm not. You understand arguing. what I'm saying, though? No, I. Yeah, they anything.
0: they literally cannot choose otherwise than how they do.
1: Yes, it. they don't see stop. that stop. they have a choice. Okay. They don't see they have a choice.
2: But them not seeing, they don't have a choice. Doesn't mean they don't have one. They have a choice.
1: Again, it's traumatic Hogan. bonding. It's a perception.
0: It's a perception.
2: I'm not saying it's not. Listen, I walked the path. I'm not saying it's not traumatic. The whole time I was growing up in my evangelical church, I knew and was. I knew and heard and was aware of there being another way to look at and interpret the Bible. And you were right. It was scary for me. I was. I was staying within my community of safety. I made a conscious choice to do that. And then (laughs) let me finish the point in time where it stopped working for me. So I made a conscious choice to leave. I am not saying that I don't understand. I'm not saying I don't have some sympathy or empathy for anyone who, who, who feels like they don't have a choice. I'm not saying that I don't understand the fear, the trauma, the, 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 that it may lead to exclusion of family and being excommunicated from church family and losing. I am not saying that I don't get, of course, that's present in their mind. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is in the face of all that, you're going to make a conscious choice to either stay in that and say, I'm going to accept this as my reality, even knowing there's something else out there, or I'm going to make a conscious choice to leave it. But my point is you're making a choice. Okay. I to them
1: there is no choice. Ogun. If, if you grew up, okay, you just said you knew there were other religions out there. Okay. Yeah. If you grew up that every other religion, everybody else was gonna burn in hell. Yes. Okay. You grew up in this environment. Everybody you knew believed what you believed. Yes. Would you make a con and 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 if if you chose differently, you would be completely cut off from everybody you loved your entire life. Yes. You're telling me you would still make that
2: choice? Okay, you're missing my point. I'm not saying that I would or wouldn't. I'm saying I have the choice. I have the choice. And I made, for many years of my life, I made the choice to stay in that circle of belief. I made that choice. And that I made another choice. And I'm not saying a choice is right or wrong. I'm saying, but I don't, I'm never going to buy the argument that people don't have a choice. I have gone, I have had many, many, many exchanges, arguments, dialogues with people in that evangelical circle who are consciously saying, it doesn't matter what you say, here's what I'm going to choose. They're making a conscious choice. So yeah.
1: I, I, I feel like you are not empathetic to. Mm. No. But other, pe- other people nor, have different sets accurate. of tools. Other people have different sets of tools than you do. OEM. I love but it. I love it.
2: It doesn't mean I have to agree. I can be empathetic and still disagree.
0: Wow, friends, I am going to referee here because <laughs> I think we're edging into something, a topic slightly to the side of our topic of peace but I think I it's very soul. we're not done, I think it's it's a, very engaging we've all lost our inner peace so that's why we <laughs> need, need the time out we have group time out but I love I love this idea about what kind of choice do we have in the world given all of the factors that shape who we are and um, the, the context in which we're raised uh, nature versus nurture consciousness all of that I love it we're going to have to come back to that due to time but any any final word friends on peace <laughs> Give it a chance.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's all Indeed. I got. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. And I, and I liked you actually said, I think, a little flippantly earlier be the piece you want to see in the world. Um, or maybe you didn't say it. But if you didn't, you should have said it. It's on we, your
1: head, Brian. <laughs> we've said it
0: now. Okay, It was never said, but we've said it for... I, 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 I
1: know, so, so when you and I start arguing, Brian goes inside his head and starts saying stuff like that.
0: <laughs> Brian retreats. Yeah.
2: Brian retreats. Uh, I believe so, that, was, uh, that was Gandhi. That was that was Gandhi who said that. So give, give credit where credit is.
0: Brian, so I, I am that. right in the middle of peace comes from within... But also this statement of, if you hope for peace, work for justice, because I do think that uh, there's a lot of injustice in the world that prevent people from actually living lives of peace and humanity living in peace together. And So to the extent that we can work for a just and equitable society while coming from a place of inward peace, uh, that will lead us to a a good place. Well said. Well, friends, we know that you have a choice in what you listen to. So thank you for choosing to listen to Pub Theology Live. Please connect and spread the word on social media. You can, of course, listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, soon Google Play, uh, radio. And if you'd like to find a conversation like this in your town, check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. And if you don't see one, The map is growing by the way we're up to about 150 groups across the country but if you don't see one in your town uh there are resources to start your own and thank you again to our sponsors wink wine club who you'll find at trywink.com pt live that's wink with a c and casual priest at casualpriest.com so until next time friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing I think we managed to pull up our least peaceful episode Ah. on our episode (laughs) of peace. Did
1: you expect anything else? (laughs) No.
2: That
0: was perfect. It was perfect.